Hello, and welcome to Pull to Open, a Doctor Who podcast brought to you by the Grand Geek Gathering. Today, we will be discussing The Witchfinder, written by Sally Abrahamian and directed by Joy Wilkinson. And by we, I mean me, along with Renee Thielman. Say hi, Renee. Hi. Hi, Renee. Oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> you can say hi, too. Also, Ben Patton there. Uh, hi, Renee. LA hi, Ben. And me, Andy Nordvall, the uh, host and webcomic person. And Hi, Andy. Oh, hey, hello. Oh, I'm very, very excited to do today's recap because, uh, well, it's funny because you know how there's these rumors floating around that like Chibnall's unhappy and he might leave. And if he leaves, Jody's leaving. So I've been dipping into all the rumors, which which has gotten me in contact with a lot of the, the anti-13th Doctor stuff. And oh, ugh, toxic. Yeah, some of it is just incredibly gross and i've been critical of the show but it's it's because i think i'm critical because i love the potential i see there but uh it's a potential that i always thought fell short until today i thought i thought the witch finders was the first one where it really felt like an episode there weren't like weird loose threads or weird like themes that didn't quite fit or like doctor speeches that didn't quite address what was going on like it, it held together it felt yeah. like an episode you know what do you it, guys think it it felt like an episode more than yeah, last week. Last week's, last week's episode had the framework of an episode, but the morals and ethics of a Trump rally. This week's episode <laughs> felt like an episode. It felt like an episode of Doctor Who, and I don't mean that to say that. Ep- Again, I've been very down on this season. It's very dark. It's very grim. It's very serious. It hasn't had the whimsy and fun of Doctor Who. Um, of previous seasons of Doctor Who, even with creatures like the Pating, who's a great, great creature, that episode is forgettable. Um, so it is a delight to have an episode that feels like, it not only feels like Doctor Who, it does something unique with a female Doctor. You could not... I can see a version of this story that would have Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi or David Tennant or whoever, but you couldn't do this version of this story with anyone other than Jodie Whittaker. And and it's the first, it's the first like genuinely exciting, enjoyable quote unquote fun episode of the season, which surprised me because the next time trailer at the end of, uh, of last week's episode was, a real, like it made it like, it's a witch drown her. And credit, like, Copyright BBC is like, oh, we're in for another downer. And it was a bit of a downer, but it was a fun <laughs> downer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was probably one of my favorites this season, just because, it, like you said, it had all of the things. Like, yeah. I really liked the um, the mystery of trying to figure out what the, you know, the mud tendrils were. And I was actually engaged and, you know, and shocked and a little scared and the zombie mud people reminded me of um that one that i always said that i hated the uh, water on mars um so <laughs> <laughs> that was like great more zombie people and i was really glad that i didn't let my six-year-old watch this one this week because i'm sure that would have scarred her but um just everything about it i just thought it was really well done and um they answered questions rather than just leaving things open you know forever the end felt a little bit rushed, but that was really yeah. kind of my only, you know, hassle with it. Yeah, it, it's been a theme. A lot of the endings have seemed rushed, and this one did too, but at least, how should I put it? At least it held together. It wasn't just yeah. like, uh, you know, we see a bunch of spiders in a panic room and 
what supposed to think they pass away in peace you know like it actually uh, yeah. it ended you know i would exactly. like to just to counter a little bit i don't i don't feel like the endings this season have been rushed i do think they haven't been very well thought through um case arachnids in the uk again i've said this before but the doctor's solution to the spiders was shut them in a cupboard which is my solution to spiders the doctor should be better than me um this episode it's a big cupboard yeah, it's a very big cupboard. It's got guns in it. They have eight <laughs> legs. Do the math. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this episode, like, it felt whole. Like, it felt whole like yeah. a lot of this season hasn't felt. We're eight episodes in to this season, and I have thoroughly enjoyed four of those episodes, and this is absolutely one. This might be the most Doctor Who the show has been since it came back uh, eight weeks ago, and that has me excited again. Like, I've been... I've been worried, I've been bored, which is the last thing I want to be when I'm watching Doctor Who. Um, but I have been... This week I was excited, and this week had me excited about Doctor Who again, in a way that I haven't been since The Woman Who Fell to Earth, which, again, I loved and was excited about. Um, but uh, it kind of... It was like a jolt. It was like a, a jolt of electricity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was also a good point. Yeah, this is the first one that really leaned into having a female doctor in an interesting yeah. way. Like the other ones, they do little cute side comments. Oh, cute is perhaps too patronizing. They, they, they address it, but they, they address it and then they move on. This is the first one where she really had to deal with the fact that like people were not going to accept her as an authority right away. You know, like she yeah. usually could, you know, and I think it was very clever the way it did that. You know, Absolutely. I definitely love that. And I, I, I felt her pain in so many instances, <laughs> you know, where yeah. you know that it, you know, when she, when he laughs, when she shows him her, um, what it said, he was, she was the assistant and he yeah, she was like, what? and she looked at it like, like she was just like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, you know? And I was like, Oh man, like just to see that, like you said, no other doctor could have had that dynamic. And, you know, King James was just, portrayed so amazing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alan back and forth was just perfect. It was great. Yeah. I loved it. Was it. Great. Uh, I was saving Alan Cumming for his own topic. He was so good. And it was such a tricky part because, you know, it doesn't let him off the hook for, for, you know, all these innocent women who are getting murdered. And yet he's very charming, very funny. And, and you really get how he thinks he's just being the good guy vanquishing evil. You know, he thinks he's yeah. being like the doctor of witchcraft, you know, but we know he's not. And I think it played that so well. And I'm glad they got Alan coming. Cause you know, you had to be so charming to not come off like a monster, you know? And he just, he nailed, it was such a hard tone to capture. And he, Alan coming just, just nailed it so beautifully. He Absolutely. also brought a bit of um, the levity that I think that something this serious uh, needed. Um, it would have been a hardcore downer. If yeah. there wouldn't have been his, you know, awkward flirting and yes you know putting down of the doctor and all of that it would have been rough without him in it yeah <laughs> i love i love how much he loved his tools you know his various body parts and implements you know he was I know, like calling a, ryan is new the nubian nubian prince yeah. <laughs> we died when we were that yeah. one that was, that was amazing yeah, I, I I think it was more flattered than tempted, but it seemed like Ryan maybe just for a second was like, hmm, you know, this seems like a good deal. He seemed a little tempted, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, how long. I I think being in a relationship with King James, King James would probably take up most of the oxygen of that relationship, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't doesn't seem like it would be a very oh it was a flat structure. What did what did uh, Graham call the their their witch <laughs> yeah. finding? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love Graham too. Like sort of stuck as as the head witch finder and feeling kind of bad for the doctor about it. Another yeah. another great performance from Bradley Walsh. Yeah, yeah, he did a really good job. Um, I I'm I'm really glad that this is the thing. I, I get I'm I'm very, I'm always happy to be proven wrong. I love being like nothing is better than being wrong about something because if you're wrong about something, it means you're learning something. Mm-hmm. And I was. I was deeply worried about um, uh, about Bradley Walsh because, he, like I said, he's a game show host. Yeah. And then it turns out, oh, he's he's actually really, really good at acting. I didn't know this. I've I've since been told by people who've seen him in things like um, uh, Law and Order UK and and, and other like d- dramas that he's done that he is like this is absolutely he's top form. Um, yeah. I had not realized this. Um, and I'm learning this and I, I'm seeing it. Like I'm, I'm always happy to be proved wrong and I'm glad I was proven wrong, uh, on this particular, uh, instance because he's fantastic. He's phenomenal. Yeah. He's so good. He's, oh, he's such, sorry. He's such a, like a good actor. Again, I haven't really seen him in anything else, but he seems like he's much more the veteran actor than the other two companions. And I think that that shows in a lot of what they do, um, he just has a, a different demeanor about him and he can pull yeah. off more than I think the the other two can just because they're a little bit younger. Well, I wonder if part of the reason they often get shortchanged is they just, you know, they love Graham so much. Like sometimes I wonder, like it, I'm thinking of that demon of the Punjab scene between Yaz and Graham, which should have really been between Yaz and her grandma or Yaz and the grandma's first husband. But they gave it to Graham because they knew he would knock it out of the park. Yeah, which he did. he can nail it. Yeah, but you know, I sometimes feel bad for the other two because it's it's sort of I think I think they sometimes get forgotten because Graham's so good. Yeah. Uh, especially Yaz, poor Yaz. But hey, Yaz had her own mission. She got to befriend the local uh, granddaughter of the healer person, which yeah, you know, good. We're giving well, her stuff. She brought, and she she talked a little bit about her past. And, and, oh and yeah, the bullying stuff and stuff yeah. like that, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that, true. That, that's something that's been really nice, like. As rough as the last episode was, uh, this this uh, these last two episodes have really shown the like a good balance of the TARDIS team working together, which we haven't had. Like every episode we've had over the last, you know, almost every episode we've had over the last eight weeks has emphasized two of the companions, and a third companion, usually Yaz, gets sidelined or becomes the person that Ryan gets to un- Ryan gets to unpack an emotion at. Yeah. So it was really cool to see. Um, you know, to see the, the the group coming together in a way that was uh, enjoyable. Like, they all had something to do. Like, that was really, really cool. Yeah, that's true. I like how this dynamic's evolving. I, I still want them to fight over something, you know? I wonder if it's because it's a kid's show, but I think part of the reason, like, a lot of them seem like... I, I get a good sense of Graham. I get a sort of good sense of Ryan. I'm still a little fuzzy on Yaz is because they're never in conflict. I mean, I'm not saying they should be like throwing things at each other, but I would like it if they would disagree sometime because that's sort of real drama. And that's when you really see what a character's like. And I'm wondering, is it is it because it's a kid's show? Do they feel it's going to be too unlikable if, if they get into an argument over something? But it is a little weird how they're always on the same page. I don't know. Does this bug anybody else? Um, no, I mean, I think that, I think there's a certain amount of conflict happening 
uh, between, and it, it hasn't been touched on a lot in the last few episodes, in fairness, but between Ryan and Graham, like Graham is desperate for, uh, for, for, for Ryan to see him as a grandfather. And it's just, mm. it's not happening. And I think that, that there's something interesting there. Um, I know that there's a lot of people, God, there are a lot of people who ship the 13th Doctor with Yaz based <laughs> on, I guess, the fact that they, they sometimes look at each other. But you can, anyone who, like, we look at each other and we're not, you know, DTF, like that's not, that's not happening, you know. Yeah. I, I, we don't, we don't. There hasn't been enough interaction between Yaz and the Doctor for me to hop aboard that particular ship. But I, yeah. you know, that that's that's. I think just it's just my, they, they think something's yeah. got to be going on with Yaz. Maybe it's that, you know. Yeah, it's like something, anything, please. Yeah. But she, but but again, last last few episodes, like she was on, she was the one who talked to Dan and learned a lot about Dan and his family history, and yeah. um, and then this week she got to do uh, like um. Uh, family outreach with uh, with with Willa, uh, learning about her grandmother. Like put, that's, that's putting her cop training, her, her police officer yeah. training mm-hmm. to use, like family outreach, and 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 that that was great. Yeah, they're sure showing her as the most uh, empathic of one. I think I think part of that is because usually Ryan's doing something with Graham, so they they will uh, give her a plot line with one of the guest characters. But it, at least it allows her to shine. You know, she's sort of she's got I can sort of see this thing because she's got a bit of a doctory vibe she's the one who's like always trying to help the guest characters you know yeah okay uh what else are i gonna say well yeah the pacing was a little weird and i've been thinking about this over the past few weeks it always seems like what we're watching isn't maybe this is just me tell me i'm crazy but it seems like You're crazy we're watching a a episode that has been edited down from a larger, better paced episode, and that we get just the thing that they managed to cram into the official running time. I don't know. I, I'm thinking that because I do think the pacing is sometimes all over the map. And there's usually one or two scenes of the doctor walking away, and you can tell they ADR some some like important dialogue. Like yeah. one of her dialogue about how tough it is for women in this era was definitely like ADR'd in. It's it's the back of her when she's walking down the hallway. And that sometimes to me is a sign like, oh, they cut a scene, so they needed to cover this area. So they just found some B-roll of her walking away and ADR'd over it. I don't know. Does anyone else feel like it, it might be that we're seeing like a weird edit of the episodes? And that's part of why sometimes they feel like they don't form a complete whole? Honestly, I hadn't really thought of it until you said it. <laughs> and then now when I'm watching it, I'm like, Hmm, did they cut something? I mean, I can see it. It, I think in this one, the pacing was really good until it, the end it just felt rushed. It was like, no, these are the really super bad guys. But on the other hand, I'm glad that we had a really bad, bad guy that didn't just get away or whatever. They actually got yes. put back. They didn't lock him in a room and forget about him. super happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We got our first evil aliens. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that is the more I watch the season, I think there's this theme coming out where Chimla doesn't believe that, like, evil is this malevolent force out there. Evil is this thing that happens when we succumb to our own sort of hatreds and prejudices. I think she says something like this in it. It's like the hatred, it's the potential in us, you know, if we succumb to it, you know, which is a great theme. It's just it's tricky to do in sci-fi because, you know, you have to – you you can't have the big bad guys except you know if they come in at the end and then get dispatched real quick you know There's like it's one of those bad guys they have yeah. to be bad yeah. sometimes 
True. I mean, it reminds me a lot. Uh, I, I don't think it was Chimmel's first, but probably his, his I, I don't know. The one I most remember is the Silurian one, the Cold Blood. Um, oh, man, I'm blanking on the The Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. Yeah, the yeah. Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. That also was very much had it refused to have bad guys. You know, you you saw everybody had that badness within them, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it, it 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 is a little tricky when it's it's you don't let anybody be bad. You're right. I'm glad we got to have at least our first fully fully evil alien since since really the Stenza, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I would have liked it if they fit a little bit more in with the story going on. If like they had some religious zealotry, or if they had like were all pissed because they got sentenced to something. I don't know. I, I know I'm Monday morning quarterbacking, but I I would have liked something more to them <laughs> than just evil, you know. Well, that could have been something that they cut out. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, like uh, the what is it? The theory that there's a a wonderful cut of the Justice League directed by Zack Snyder on a hard drive somewhere. We're now oh, going people to people so desperately want that. There's no such listen. There's no such thing as a good cut of of the <laughs> Justice League. It doesn't exist. Yeah, I'm very worried that that's what we're imagining the 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 good cut of the Chris Chibnall Doctor Who episodes. But yeah, I don't know. It is it is weird. Like it seems like. It always seems like there's two or three scenes missing that if they were just in there would make the whole thing so much better. I don't know, though. I'm getting negative again, though. I love this episode, though. It was, it was fun. It had interesting things to say. The twists were nice. Oh, and I loved – oh, wait, what's her name? The the lady, Lady Becca Savage. I loved how she – even though she was, like, pretty evil, it was more she was scared, you know? Like – and I thought that actress played that very well. Like you really, you know, you didn't condone what she did, but you really understood what she did. I liked how um, how mad Jody got too. Like she was pretty oh, yeah. pissed through a lot of this, and I think that a lot of that was what was going on, but also her being downplayed by everybody for being a woman. I think it like kind of was like shining through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I really liked seeing her like that. It was a little bit different than her. Um, you know, sometimes she can be like, oh, gosh, um, but yeah. she actually got pissed and I kind of liked it. Yeah. Am I coming off too harsh when yeah. I'm, you know, accusing the people of being murderers? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to seem unpleasant when I do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I can't blame her because Alan Cumming was throwing some like class A shade. Oh, Alan Cumming, <laughs> like his entire thing, like his performance was just absolutely magical i yeah. it, it may have been one of the best things about this episode yeah yeah it was perfect because it had to play both the fun the camp the whimsy and the serious like oh my god the the awful crap that was going on you know yeah yeah I mean, was, to be such a person that is doing such terrible things but at the same time you still feel for him and are concerned about him you know like that's yeah. that's impressive yeah. Ah, I hope he comes back. But uh, who knows? I mean, they turn Winston Churchill into a recurring character. Why not uh, James the First? Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. Cool. Anyways, uh, I wanted to move to a more sort of general discussion of Doctor Who. But any closing thoughts on the Witchfinder before we before we go? Um, I wanted to point out one thing that my mom said was cool. um, when they were dunking the Doctor and yes. um, and the whole team fam came running up my mom said she was like if that was me i would have been in the water why didn't any of them jump in to try to save her instead they were appealing to terrible people to try to pull her up more quickly oh yeah you're right 
I was like, yeah, they totally should have been in the water and, you know, doing or trying harder. But yeah, well, apparently it was filmed like in February or March in England. So (laughs) I got to say another. Yeah. Hats off to Jody for like filming on location in the cold, wet. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's something else, too. This is totally a, a random girl thing, but. Um, her hair, uh, so she has straight hair, straight blonde hair, a bob, and when she gets out of the water, a lot of times in shows, um, when they show, like, women getting out of the water or whatever, they still look nice. When her <clears throat> hair dried and she was, like, after the first time of being in the water, her hair was wavy and mussy, and, um, it seems like such a dumb thing, but it made it so much more realistic than her always looking perfectly done, which I really liked. Yeah. Oh, I cool. Agree. I didn't notice that, but yeah, another good point. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> no. we had another shout out for pockets. Everyone catch the pockets shout out. Love the pockets. Yeah. Always. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get them for another century. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, a couple things. Well, I mentioned before, uh, what do we think of these rumors that uh, that Chibnall and Jody might be leaving after a truncated uh, Series 12? Like, I've heard a lot of things, like he's upset with the BBC for their influence. I haven't heard what exactly he's upset about. You know, I would love to say it's the edit of the episodes, but, you know, I know that's the, my own pet theory. The thing that I'm hearing, or the thing that's come up in some of the news articles I've read is that he's like the BBC wants a season a year of 10 uh-huh. episodes. And he thinks that's that's a workload that he can't, you know, that's that's not something he thinks he can deliver. And he thinks it's it's not right or or, or achievable. Um, mm-hmm. This is despite the fact that, you know. Uh, you know, Stephen Moffat managed it for several years. Russell T Davies managed it for four before he left. Um, I think it's, it's it's interesting because if the rumor is true, um, I'm I'm of I'm of two minds about it. Because on one hand, I if Chris Chibnall said, "Yeah, I'm leaving the show," based on the like fifty percent of this season so far, I I would I would shed no tears. But we would lose Jodie, and Jodie has yeah. been consistently and constantly brilliant in the show. Like she's been really properly good and i don't know it's one of the things i tend not to give rumors a lot of a lot of credence like i was on this show denying that the christmas spe- the, the rumor about the christmas special was going to was going to be moved or canceled up until you know they did it they actually you yeah. know it was moving to new year's um i tend not to give rumors a lot of credence because a lot of the rumors surrounding doctor who over the last 15 years have been um, if I'm allowed to swear, the bullest of shit. And yeah. I don't, I, I, I try not to give them a lot of weight. Um, but pretty much every rumor about this era of the show has been true. So, question mark. Well, I think it's also worth noting there is a huge contingent of quote unquote fans who are rooting for the show to fail, who will, of course, you know, megaphone any weird random. Rumor that goes out there, regardless of yeah. uh, its veracity. Anyways, Renee, what were you gonna say? I um, I don't really care uh, if Chibnall leaves. Um, I feel like I would like to see Jodie under somebody else's um, writing and style. I know that she's close to him from her other works with him, but I would hope, and from what I've seen of how Jodie has taken on this mantle, that I would hope that she would realize how important it is for her to continue 
to be the doctor and to prove the haters wrong and to be a role model for little girls and, you know, and all of these things. It's so, so important The a lot of the stories that they're doing are so important and so different coming from a female doctor. So yeah. I would hope that she would see beyond just being loyal to Chibnall and go the extra mile without him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it might be leverage. Well, shoot, it might also be bullshit. But, you know, it might just be like she's saying, I support, you know, I support Chris Chibnall. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, if he thinks he can only do six a year, I'd rather have six than nothing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there were some weird, I'm thinking all through New Who, there were like some weird, those years where we got the specials and then the year where we only got the Christmas special. Mm. Like, you know, I'll, as long as I get some batch of episodes per year, you know, if they think they can only do six, I'm fine with that, especially because uh, they've been doing a lot of location shooting, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I got to imagine that's that's one expensive and two, just like logistically a nightmare. It can be very uh, what's the word? Very draining. You know, well, I, mean, I think part of the problem is that the show uh, people keep talking about how great the show looks now. Um mm-hmm. The BBC have been giving the show less and less money every year. Stephen Moffat with season five, season five looking as amazing as it did, hot off the heels off of, you know, Tenants last season and the, the Gap Year specials. He had less money to work on for season five than Russell T Davies uh, uh, and the team had for uh, season four. And yet they still managed to make it look amazing. One of the reasons why we have... 10 50 minute episodes now as opposed to 12 or 13 45 minute episodes is because the bbc are giving the show less and less money stephen moffat recently did an interview where he said there is a there is a a a genuine concern of the show looking cheap because the bbc are underfunding it considering how much money Mm -hmm. it makes for the bbc they are not giving it enough money of course that that quote was then taken out of context and people used it as a you know the the headline was Stephen Moffat says the show looks cheap now which is not what he said he says yeah. the show is at risk of looking cheap and the reason again that's the reason we have 10 episode seasons right now is because the BBC are, are giving them less money which they have to stretch further and further and if I'm Chris Chibnall and they're saying we want seasons of 10 episodes a year but we're not going to give you as much money as we gave you last year, that would frustrate me as well. If there's any truth in that rumor, it is based on information we've already been given along those lines. Well, I'm wondering if he's asking for six for the same amount of budget, because, yeah, I know know you've said that, and I believe you, that there's less money, but I look at it and I just can't believe that, you know, they're making this show with the same amount of money they used to. It just... Well, I mean, they've got three fewer episodes that they're making a year. Like, then they they they're making ten instead of thirteen. Like that money, the money that they would have spent on, you know, jo- Jody's per episode fee and uh, um, uh, Bradley's per episode fee and uh, visual effects shots and so on. That's mm-hmm. money that they can redistribute across the rest of the episodes and give them a little bit more oomph. And that abs- absolutely makes sense. Um, if they're giving you less money to stretch it as far as possible. They did it like uh, John Pertwee's first season was only four stories. It was four <laughs> serials. Yeah. Um, it, it was at the time the shortest season of the show, but it was also the first season where the show was produced in color. The first serial, Spearhead from Space, was because of industrial action at the BBC. The first and to date only classic Doctor Who serial that was shot entirely on film, which is why it's the only one that's been given a proper Blu-ray release. Like, yeah. this is... 
you know, when the, when the BBC says, here's the amount of money you've got, and the producers say, okay, well, we can make this many episodes with it and make them look this good, and the BBC says, uh, hang on, we'd really like you to make more episodes, that would piss me off too. If you want more episodes, BBC, give the show more money. It is your number one grossing show worldwide. Top Gun is number two. And it makes <laughs> half the money that Doctor Who makes. Yeah. It's making you money. Spend money. You spend money, you make money. Mm-hmm. It's weird, though. Most of the reports, you know, and obviously we don't know if they're true, have Chibnall. It, it's How should I put it? It's slanted that Chibnall's complaining more about the workload than the budget. Now, maybe that's the BBC trying to put him in a bad light because here we're going like, hey, RTD did it. Moffat did it. But, yeah, I sort of want Jim to come out and say, like, hey, I'd make more episodes if they gave me the money to make the good yeah. episodes. But they, they, they're they not. It's weird that, like, nobody has raised the budget. It all seems to be more about uh, the workload. And uh, I know even Jody. I think Jody's like a, a new mom, too. So she's a little concerned about yeah. the workload, too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope they work it out because I want more Jody. And, you know, I've always felt even even when I've been the harshest on the on the on the show, it's always had great potential, like. I love that they take risks. I wish they'd take a little more care getting the the scripts and the stories to make sense. But, you know, they're always I mean, they always do that one thing that I will always love about Doctor Who, which they will swing for the fences. You know, when they fail, they fail because they try just the craziest ass stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. Go big or go home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which which, you know, Chimel is definitely keeping up that keeping that tradition alive. Yeah. There's a there's a Terry Pratchett quote, and I'm sure I've said it on the show before. Certainly, I've said it on Look Who's Talking, which we do every Sunday evening uh, following the episode, the newest episode. You can watch me and a couple of guests uh, talk about the newest episode of Doctor Who. It's five dollars, uh, and you can find information about that at bit.ly/lookwho2018 uh, for information about when and where. It's at Geeky Tees in Burbank. You should be there, you idiot. Anyway, um, do you have a coupon code? We'd have no coupon code. It's five dollars. Five dollars take it. And you're supposed to say normally ten dollars, but for you, five dollars. It's it's normally five dollars, but for listeners of this podcast, it's six fifty. Is that is that right? Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where was I going with this? Yeah, um, I've said before, like there's a Terry Pratchett quote which he which he uh, said during um, uh, post production on Hogfather, which was an adaptation of one of his novels. Um, that ingenuity in a time of no money will always win out in money in a time of no ingenuity, and Doctor Who has always kind of exemplified that. Like the first serial of their second season, they did Tiny People. They 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 shrunk the TARDIS, and the way that they achieved some of those visual effects were amazing. They they tried to do the Zabi bee people, people in bee suits going yeah. around. Oh, yeah. You. You can look at them and you can oh, almost the hear them. Yeah. And you can look you look at the Zabi and you can almost hear the words, All I can say is my life is pretty plain. But they they went for it anyway. You know, they they swung for those fences. <laughs> I'm just yeah. Sorry. I remember, yeah, I, I, oh, I love that. Well, the Zabi was the first target novelization I got. So it was the my first exposure to a non-Tom oh, nice. Baker. Doctor Who. And also, it, it was great, because reading it in, in the book, you know, the, the giant ants actually looked like giant ants, not yeah. a guy in a plasticine ant suit. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think I think the Zarbe was part of, like, that whole year after Dalek Mania hit, they tried so hard to get the second Oh, yeah, they, 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 they did the, the Chumblies, they had the, the Dominators, they, yeah. tried, they tried so many different things to yeah. try to recreate the, the, the Quarks. Uh, so many different things to try to yeah. recreate the success of the of the Daleks. And it wasn't until the Cybermen. Yeah. 
which might not have taken off. It's just the Cybermen came around, I think, around the time Terry Nation took the, what is it, the copyright for Daleks back so we could try to sell the series. So the Cybermen were just sort of there when they didn't, when they weren't able to get the Daleks, which is yeah. a nice little happenstance for them. Anyways, let me, let me ask, uh, since we're talking about classic Doctor Who, we've seen a lot of these, and we keep talking about classic Doctor Who. Well, classic or new Who. Which which era, which previous era of Doctor Who does the Thirteenth Doctor remind you most of? Monet, would you like to go first? No, I'm not good at these. So okay. <laughs> let me start. I'm, I'm that worst kind of guy who asks a question just because I want to give the answer. <laughs> do, do you want to hear my answer? My amazing oh, answer. Oh yeah, go for it, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking back there. You can. I do quite bloody hell. I've got the whole bloody show. Come on. Uh, I've been saying for weeks, like it's the the season has reminded me of P- Peter Davison's first season, which yeah. is not a compliment. Like Peter Davison's first season is very, very uneven. There's a lot of not great stuff there. Even Peter Davison has said that his first two seasons are not great. Um, but it feels like, particularly with episodes like uh, The Witchfinder and bits of Kablam, like tonally it's inconsistent, but I mean, they, they certainly went for it. Um, this season definitely feels... Um, has felt most like Peter Davison's first season. It's felt uneven. The stuff that they've tried to do hasn't quite worked. There are some ideas in there, and there's nothing wrong with Peter's Doctor, but it hasn't quite worked. That's how I feel about this season season of the show. Okay, so follow-up question. I'm thinking Yaz is Nyssa, Ryan is Adric, and Graham is Tegan. Agree or disagree? Um, I would... I mean, for that season, yeah. I think that's probably yeah. fair. Um, I would... If I were to if I were to use the the, the, the crowded TARDIS, I would substitute um you know, I would take out Adric and drop in Turlo, but like post Black Guardian trilogy <laughs> Turlo. because yeah. um, Turlo was an interesting character and Adric is is, you know, sp- space cowboy Will Wheaton. It's he's he's the Wesley Crush like Wesley Crusher and Adric like probably like met up after adventures and like swapped notes and had drinks. How no, no, dare I'll- you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> I actually I know a lot of people don't like Adric. I really like Adric because I love like how he really bonded with Tom Baker because he needed that father figure and so he just glommed onto Tom Baker, which is why he hated Peter Davidson because Peter Davidson was like the stepdad who was trying to be cool. So it was his gram, you know, he wanted to be the new dad, but Adric was not having it. He wanted Tom Baker back. And then he died. But it was, but it was like one of the best companion departures in the entire yeah. run of the show. That's true. That's true. They gave him a good send off. Uh, the reason I was saying, because I've been thinking about it a bunch, it really reminds me of Sylvester McCoy's era of, mm. uh, of Doctor Who. Because for a lot of reasons, one, a lot of people love it, and I've always felt weird that I just didn't get into it. That's that's true of both Sylvester McCoy and a lot of times for this one. And also, it's a great cast with stories that sometimes fall short. And even the stories that fall short, there's always these really good, interesting ideas but they just never go anywhere. There's just this sense of like they threw a lot of stuff in, but never really bothered to make it all fit into one story. So yeah. I don't know. For me, it's a very Sylvester. I get a very Sylvester McCoy era vibe from the new Doctor. I don't know. Renee's been thinking a while. You got any? No, I'm gonna pass because I'm um, I'm the kind of person that I compartmentalize things very well, and so I don't compare things. Like, I can read a book and watch a movie and be fine with both of them. I, I 
you know, that's one of the things I like about Doctor Who is that when you have a new doctor, it is different. And it, you know, of course, there's always things that go back and they always throw in the little things to remind you of people, of past mm-hmm. doctors and things like that. But I'm just enjoying Jody as Jody. So I'm just going to go with that. Oh, that sounds so wonderfully pure. I wish I could do that, but I don't know. I always got to go. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised no one's. The other one seems to be uh, William Hartnell, the other crowded TARDIS era, even though. Jodie Whittaker is the least William Hartnell doctor you can yeah. imagine. They have gone back to like to like really trying to do historicals that are true to history, yeah. which I kind of like. It's it's weird though looking back at some of the other New Who historicals after seeing these. Like, you know, there's never a sense that we're really far back in time. The the way, the way like you know this really the 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 historicals. I've liked some of them. I haven't liked some of them, but they all really try to capture the feel of the past in the way I haven't seen in Doctor Who for a while. Mm. Yeah. I like okay. historicals a lot. I think that they've been some of the best episodes, but I know that uh, historicals can be expensive because of all of the, oh, yeah. the work that has to go into them, whereas you can, you know, make anything into a spaceship, but <laughs> costuming and stuff like that is actually pretty expensive. So I don't know if... We'll see more of them if money is an issue or not, but I really have liked the historicals so far. Yeah. By the way, have you seen the photos from the uh, New Year's the New Year's yes. special? Isn't that great? Have you seen them, Ben? Uh, I saw the costume. The costume gives me real Peter Davison vibes in a way that I like. Like I love uh, that. Okay, because there is the scarf. scarf. Yeah, yeah, she has a scarf, which I love. Yeah. yeah. Yay! Yeah, got a scarf. Yeah. Oh, is that a new jacket too? We're yes, looking it at is. it right now, podcast yeah. listeners. Wow, cool! It's, I love it when they start getting current, experimental with the costumes. Her current you know. jacket is a, a lavender, mm-hmm. and this is definitely a cream. But mm-hmm. if you look closely, it looks like her shirt is the blue with the stripes, and she's still wearing the like dark teal trousers, but definitely with a new jacket and. A scarf. Yeah. It also mentioned Graham in the special, because apparently there was some rumor that Graham was going to die in the series finale, which would just, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking rioting in the streets if they did that. But uh, he will at least survive to New Year's. It does strike me as interesting. Like, they've played everything so close to the chest this season and then just suddenly reveal, oh, yeah, everyone survives. It's fine. Uh, It just feels like a weird, uh, it's like a 180 almost. It's like... We went from the, 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 the Russell T. Davies era where sometimes they kept things close to the chest, but then they would like let stuff slip into the next time trailers to the P- Stephen Moffat era where they would, you know, you'd find out that the classic Cybermen and the Master were going to appear in the season finale three and a <laughs> half calendar years before the season's actually aired. To uh, we yeah. know, I love not knowing anything about these episodes right up. And so, so telling us, oh, everyone survives, it's fine. That feels like such a weird change, well, you know what I mean? It could be a misdirect. Graham seems like the worst one to kill, though, you know? I don't know. I mean, heck, I would miss all of them, you know? I mean, it would suck if they killed Yaz, just because they never did any... Well, they, they're starting to do stuff with her, you know? That would be... Oh, God, she really would be the Adric of the new of the new series then. You know, just when she's getting interesting. No, I, I shouldn't even say it. No, they all live. They all live and they all they all <laughs> yeah. get to be there for I'm the New Year's. Think of how that, I mean, just with Ryan losing his nan and then if 
Graham went too, I feel like that would be a really bad like downward downward spiral for Ryan. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Ryan couldn't go because that would destroy Graham. And yeah, yeah, this is too sweet. Okay, cool. They all live. Anyways, <laughs> there we hashed it out. <laughs> yes. Which is good because next week looks like it's just full of like Norwegian angsty horror stuff. <laughs> I'm on board personally. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, did it show her tasting the soil? Like, I always love that. That's a weird, I think it started with Tenet and then Matt Smith did it, this thing where like they can lick stuff and tell exactly what it is. I, I loved when De- and Tenet used to do that. That was yeah. one of my favorite weird things that he would do because he always, that. He made a lot of really weird faces, and I love Jody's faces. So I guess that's oh, how yes. I compare them. He would lick something and then be like, you know, and yep. she does the same thing. I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm def- I mean, it's weird. I know next to nothing about it. I just know it's Norway, it's cold and scary, which is cool. Yeah. Maybe the master will appear. Who knows? But anyways, <laughs> oh, and I almost forgot. Favorite line of the episode. I know what it is for me. Apple bobbing. Yes. <laughs> I loved that. Uh, you're allowed to have your favorite quotes, too. I'll accept anything that Alan Cummings said. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, he everything that he said was too awesome. I don't even I didn't write them all down because they were yeah. all just wins. Yes. I love how he loved his poker, too, or the, the, the pricker. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, do you have one of these? This is my spare. Yeah. Which, yeah, although it also raised an interesting question. If you can just prick them to find out if they're witches, why are they doing that instead of drowning them? You know? Yeah. I mean, I know the witch trials made no sense, so it didn't bump me. It just was like sort of another thing of why the witch trials were, bu- were bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, I will see you here next week for, what is it? And then it takes you? No, that's not what it's called. What's it called? Uh... It takes you away. Uh, sure. Calgon, take me away. The magical space cows of Andal Fentyl Tentamine 9. Ooh, that's better than the Saranga Canal. Oh, it's definitely, it takes you away. <laughs> oh, cool. That's like well, the cool. tagline for a travel agent. Yeah. I know, it's so odd. Well, I, I, I'm going to hold judgment, but yeah, it's, well, it's another thing. Like, I like he's taking chances. He's really choosing weird episode titles. And it's great. Sometimes it works. Like you got the Witchfinders, Demons of the Punjab, and you know, sometimes I'm trying to think what's the worst title. I guess the Saranga Conundrum. I think but, the know. finale has the worst title. Oh, I didn't know. What's the finale called? The Battle of some weird alien word. That, that's oh a, that's, yeah, Transcore of Kolos. That's I'm never gonna remember that. I yeah I I actually knew that and I forgot about it. That's how unmemorable it is. Yeah, ah, you know, hey. I'm glad he's trying, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm like the indulgent parent. I'm like just those... glad they're trying. They're making an effort. That's like a word that, like, you know those memes that you see on Facebook where it's like, take the first two letters of your first name and the last three letters of the street you grew up on. That's your new Doctor Who planet uh, <laughs> <Bennett> name. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I may have also gotten a friend request from someone in Estonia with that name, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what... It also sounds like a series finale, which is weird because I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking like the first two episodes set up a season arc and then we've had nothing. But I don't know. Maybe we'll come back to it because, yeah, it sounds like it's going to it. It has the sound of like not just a self-contained story. It's got a what's the word? A season finale sound to it. Yeah. Well, the, the, it, the um, thing that I'm reading right now, 
part of it says a deadly reckoning awaits the doctor and team once they have the answers. So I don't know, maybe things will come back around. Yeah, okay. If we've been told everyone has survived, that could be a red herring. Yeah. Yeah, you know that Tim Shaw, he's pretty pissed. Yeah. You, one of the so here's the thing. I know a lot of people didn't like the 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 timey-wimey nature of Stephen Moffat's writing. I personally love it. But when Stephen Moffat says uh, I'm going to. Here's a season arc. Uh, here we're going to set up arcs. We're going to set up stakes. Here's a crack in a wall. Here's um, here's the silence. Here's um, the name of the Doctor. Like all of this stuff gets set up. Here's Clara. Here's um, you know all, it, it gets set up and paid off. Whereas yeah. I feel like when 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 Chibnall does something, you know, when you you have you have Tim Shaw and you have the timeless child, I feel like that's Chris Chibnall going. Here's this. Is this anything? Is this anything? Maybe. Okay. Well, never mind then. And then that's it. And then we never hear about Doctor it. Doctor Who does this, right? Yeah. 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 Well, do you like this? Should I come back to it at some point? But then it's too late. Yeah. Hey, timeless child, remember that? It's a thing again. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They've been doing self-contained. I kind of hope they stick with it because it, it would seem weird to switch now. But eh, as with everything, we'll see. But I don't know. I, I, I come to the show post Witchfinders with a renewed sense of hope. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely how I feel. Yeah, yeah. this was Which a is good, good cause, episode. Because yeah, 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 this this doctor has been very big on hope. So okay. Until next time, keep hoping. Thanks for listening. Check out our other podcasts on iTunes and all podcast apps. And check out our newly redesigned site, thegrandgeekgathering.com, for our articles, videos, and more. You can stay updated from our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we stream on Twitch. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week, and GGG. Yay. Yay.